Welcome to the rooftop, and more importantly, welcome to article number 16 of the 27 waterline articles in our, our series of the, the rooftop waterline articles. And this one is entitled, Organizational Relationships Are a Team Sport. And, you know, as we talk about the different aspects of social capital relationships, I've built several articles that I think are just absolutely critical. And much like T.E. Lawrence did for advisors that were going to follow him into the tribal areas of Syria and Iraq, these best practices for relationships, I believe, are very, very applicable to the world that you live in, whether you are a, a banker, whether you are a small business owner or the leader of a nonprofit or just trying to organize things in your community, uh, organizational relationships are a team sport. And, and, and I can tell you when, when I was uh, growing up in special forces, working in seventh special forces group in the nineties, we would deploy down to many countries in the Andean Ridge countries that were involved in the drug trade. And the, the big mission of special forces was to work by, with, and through partner nation forces to help them deal with uh, narco traffickers, to deal with um, terrorists, narco terrorists, drug cartels. And it was a big, big part of our national, international contribution to the drug, to, to countering the drug trade. And it was something that we took very seriously. I, I can tell you that in seventh group, you know, for example, we operated in, in Colombia. And we had been operating in Colombia for decades. It's one of the longest running insurgencies in the world. And in the 90s, after Pablo Escobar was killed, the, the FARC, which is one of the primary uh, guerrilla units along with the uh, ELN, they started getting very involved in the drug trade. And it was units like the Colombian Lanceros, the Colombian Fuerzas Especiales, the National Police, and their special units who were dealing with these units head on, but it was U.S. Army Special Forces and other advisors who were helping them build the capacity to do that. And I can tell you, even when um, when I first got down there, I, I was awestruck by the number of non-commissioned officers and warrant officers who had been going to Columbia for their entire career. My team sergeant, for example, Mikey, uh, he he had spent, I think he had about I want to say he had about 17 years in the Army, and every bit of it was in 7th Group. My next team sergeant that followed him had like 21 years in the Army and 19 of that in 7th Group. And, and what that meant was their exposure into these places where we were responsible for building relationships, not just with Special Forces and the Colombian Lanceros, but with United States and Colombia writ large. They had been doing this for so long that when they would, I, I can remember one time we walked into the equivalent of the Colombian Pentagon in Bogota, and it was my first downrange deployment with my team, and my warrant officer and my team sergeant and my assistant team sergeant, Marcos, they knew everybody in the entire Joint Chiefs. They knew all of the senior officers, the senior enlisted advisors. They had trained these guys when they were privates, you know, and here they were sporting three stars, four stars, and they were basically on a first name basis with them. And what did that mean? Well, it meant that they had the WASTA, they had the influence. My team leaders, my team senior NCOs and warrant officer, they had the, the, the relationships 
that they could go in there and get so much done. They could get the approval at the highest level to run a certain kind of range or get a, a sorely needed resource in a resource-constrained environment that would have a strategic impact. And plus, they just had the trust of these people so they could move faster. And I learned that at an early age. I was struck by that. And even on, on my watch, you know, I can remember my first deployment down there in Columbia at the time. It was very difficult to even get off some of the bases uh, in places that were in, in, in FARC-controlled territory. The Colombian military very seldom ventured out. And then by the time I did my last rotation to Columbia in 04, 05, um, they were oh three oh four. sorry. The Colombian military was in a completely different place. They were extremely proficient. The Colombian special ops aviation were flying missions at night. Um, they were running unilateral ops against um, forces in the FARC and ELN that we never thought they would have done in the 90s. Why? Because their capacity had increased over time and the, and the organizational relationships between 7th Special Forces Group, between the special operations community and the Colombians had been an ongoing thing for decades. And I think that is, to me, a very, very transferable thing as we look at the times that we live in right now in these times of pandemic, in these times of inflation, recession, where uncertainty and ambiguity and anxiety just, God, they just seem to permeate our culture. And people are reluctant to move. Clients are reluctant to move. Uh, and And so... The organizational relationships that we can build make a massive difference, right? Because relationships are, they're the greatest asset of any organization, right? And that hasn't changed in, in a quarter million years. Social capital is the greatest form of capital in the world, particularly in hard times. And, and leadership and relationship management are still, they're, they're very personal endeavors. And in strategic situations and state policy, that holds true as well. The stuff that we learned in kindergarten, the stuff that our parents taught us about managing relationships holds just as true between two friends as it does between two countries or two military organizations or a commercial bank and uh, a smaller organization that's doing commercial real estate. Okay, but 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 an organizational relationship, we have to remember it's a precious commodity and really it's everyone's responsibility in the organization from the, the back office junior associate to the CEO to manage that relationship. And I know, I know we have relationship managers in a lot of these things, but most people don't even know what that means, right? Organizational relationships are a collective responsibility of the entire organization. And that means that the relationship is bigger than any one person in the organization or any one engagement. It is truly a strategic commodity to be passed carefully like a delicate treasure from one steward to another. I can remember, and, and, and it makes total sense to me now, where if we went downrange and, and somebody on our team did something that offended one of the Colombian Lanceros or was tactically arrogant, our team sergeant, Mikey, would lose his mind. And, and it wasn't because he didn't, you know, because you're going to have run-ins with soldiers and things like that. But what he understood was that when you do that, you lose the organizational relationship itself. The actual collective relationship can be damaged. And, and Mike had spent his career taking his goodwill and his social capital that he had built and, and handing it to another team sergeant who was going to then move it another five yards down the field. And then ultimately Mikey would rotate back through with his team and he would take the relationship back. 
And that kind of delicate commodity, delicate passing of the commodity is what I challenge each and every one of you to think about as we go through these challenging times. Because in this time of churn, the leaders with the deep relationship portfolios, right, the organizational relationships, they're going to be the most relevant leaders in any room. They're the ones that are going to accelerate trust and move faster than anybody else. And whether it's CEOs or relationship managers, Green Berets, law enforcement officers, customer service representatives, all of them would do well to hone these Lorenzian skills that we're talking about on human engagement and trust dynamics, right? Because it's more than just a relationship portfolio that renders tribal elders and rooftop leaders relevant. It's also how you manage those relationships, how you manage these organizational relationships in real time. And we're going to talk about that in the next article. Until then, I'll see you on the rooftop.